have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 16. So precious when we get to present Bibles to little children because that's the best thing we could ever give them. They'll take them home, teach their parents, live for God, and who knows what God will do through their life. Amen? Good to have Miss Lori Basham with us, one of our missionaries' wives. Uh, Philip, I believe Taiwan, is that right? Or Thailand? Thailand, I always get those ones and lands mixed up. Amen. Anyway, they're over there in a, in a great place to spread the gospel, and we appreciate her so much. We'll not call on you to give testimony, uh, even though uh, we did. Tonight, Miss uh, Faith Team's going to be preaching, so we're looking forward to that. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So have your message ready, sister. Amen. And all of y'all will come back for the first time on Sunday night just to see if I'd let a, a lady preach. I will not, but she will testify. Amen. Praise the Lord. She's having a great time at Crown College, learning a lot, and got some great friends. Amen. Now, let me just say this bring wrapped candy because I'm telling you, the Lord's answer prayer is going to rain like crazy Thursday night. And that's great because that brings all the trick or treaters off the streets into our festival. We get to hand the gospel out, candy out, they can have a good, good time. It's an alternative to the wicked holiday of Halloween. I won't preach preaching on the darker side of Halloween this morning because i got something better to preach on. But um, it's exciting that it's going to rain. Everybody says, oh, no, it's going to rain. Oh, it's exciting it's going to rain. We pray for people to get on the sound of the gospel. We'll have a lot of kids here. We need all the help we can get. be a blessing. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8 tonight, or this morning. I really believe with all my heart that uh, the book of Mark has spoken to my heart more than any probably series I've done in 46 years of preaching. I don't know if any of y'all have got as much out of it as I have, but I've been blessed. And last time I checked, if a preacher don't get blessed by his own preaching, who else is going to get blessed? Amen? I just enjoy preaching, and I enjoy hearing it, even when it comes out of my mouth, because it's the Word of God. Amen? And so I'm excited about being here. No other place I'd love to be. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 1 through 8. Uh, we did have... Uh, Brother Travis sing with an orange piece of tape around the microphone in uh, honor of the victory yesterday. So all you Tennessee fans, smile one time. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Let's all stand on the word of God. March chapter 16. I'm getting in trouble. March 16, 1 through 8. The Bible says, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene the, the, uh, and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early, I want you to notice that, Baptist, very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came into the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. Listen to this. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll, roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked and they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great, and entering into the sepulchre they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted, you would have been too. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre. But they trembled and were amazed, neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Got to read verse 9. And when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he 
appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this good crowd this morning, good congregation. Thank you, God, for these families that's come to honor their loved ones. But, God, we're here most and fort of all to honor you and honor your word. And we thank you, dear God, that your word will never return void. And, Lord, we just pray that you'd help us as we plant the word, rightly divide the word, preach the word, that you'd speak to our hearts, that our hearts would speak to you. And Lord, that our lives would be changed. God, thank you for the Sunday school hour and the great job Brother Andrew did down at the joy class and all the teachers that taught the word of God at the 10 o'clock hour. What a blessing to see people so attentive to the word of God in that Sunday school hour. So Lord, please draw our attention to the word of God this morning. Help us to listen. Help us to apply it. God, help us to have lives that fall in love with you because Lord, you're alive. Because you're alive, we are alive. And those that's died in the Lord, they're alive more than ever before in a far better place, enjoying life to the ultimate with you. We thank you for that fact. Lord, please save a soul this morning. Help us all to draw closer to you and to each other. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, throughout the Bible, God uses angels to make special announcements to humans. For instance, he announced the birth of Samson, Judges chapter 13. He announced the birth of John the Baptist, an angel, Luke chapter 1. They announced the conception of Christ, Luke chapter 1, verse 11. And then they, the angels announced the birth of Christ, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. It seems that when God has an announcement of extreme importance, he often sends an angel. And on the Easter morning, resurrection morning, by the way, Every Sunday, we come on Sunday, not the Sabbath, which is Saturday, to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. Amen? That's why we're here, because he's alive. If he's not alive, we ought to just be some religious zealots that just goes through the motions during the week and has all these ceremonies. But folks, we're here on the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, because on that day, Jesus arose. And I will say this, friend. Without him arising from the dead, our religion is in vain, our faith is in vain, preaching is in vain, and your living for God's in vain. He's alive. Can somebody get excited about that? He's alive. And because he's alive, we're alive. And because he's alive, all those that's died in the Lord, they're more alive than we are. They're enjoying life to the ultimate. I want you to just take a few minutes, and I want you to see the context of this message from this angel. And I'll just give it to you in one verse. We won't be long, I promise you. And I always say that, but I'm trying. Uh, just a few minutes about the context, the message of the angel. But before we do that, I want, to, I want you to think about these ladies. As I said last Sunday night, if it wasn't for the ladies of this church, we'd be in trouble. Can you men say amen right there? I mean, they're more faithful than we are, so amen. And so many people say, well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I'm going to tell you something. The ladies always carry the load, it seems like, in a local church. But thank God, these ladies, they went all the way to the cross. Chapter 15, verse 40, it says, These women looked on afar, uh, among whom Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James. And so we see a, a mother of a disciple, and then we see a lady that had seven demons uh, that
the Bible says in verse 9 of the chapter we're studying that uh, it was a sevenfold demon-possessed woman. You might call her a witch, and I don't want to make any reference to anything, but uh, she was full of the devil, full of devil. And I want to tell you something, the Lord set her free, the Lord saved her soul, and I want to tell you something, she never got over it. I want to say this, you should never get over being saved. You should never get over where God found you, and you should never get over that you're destined for heaven and not hell, and you ought to be so grateful that you come to the tomb early, that you have some love that moves you. So I want to say, first of all, in introduction, there was a move of love here. In verse 1 it says, And when the Sabbath was come, uh, was passed, that's 6 o'clock Saturday night, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. I mean, as soon as 6 o'clock was ended, because the Jews couldn't go to Walmart until 6 o'clock, uh, they said, let's go shopping. Now, isn't that just like a woman? Amen. I mean, they're going to shop it. And they're going to go shopping for not themselves, but they're going to shop for some spices. Now, I, didn't know, I don't know if they knew that Nicodemus and Joseph already put 150 pounds of spices all over the tomb. And in Jesus' wrapping, he was wrapped up in a tomb. And I know that's why... I know the Lord resurrected because the Bible says it, but folks, that, that uh, wrapping was just flat. And there was a napkin that was placed on his face, and it was folded neatly and placed uh, in the tomb. The Jewish custom was this, friend. Uh, when you was finished with your meal, you wrinkled up your napkin and threw it on top of the plate. You also do that when you're visiting somebody and you, and you hadn't ate what you ought to eat. You just sort of cover it up, amen, and say, I'm finished. But... Uh, Folks, it, when they folded it neatly, it was saying, hey, listen, don't touch my food. I'm coming back. Amen. And I want to tell you something. Jesus, when he arose the dead, he folded that napkin after he went through all those spices and all those wrappings, and he said, hey, listen, I'm coming again. Amen. Aren't you glad he's coming again? And I believe we're in the last days, don't you? I believe we're in the very last days. And I want to tell you something, folks. We ought to be moved by love. I mean, your allegiance ought to be so uh, obvious that the world knows that you're following a living Savior. You're not worshiping some dead God. You're not worshiping some dead person. You're not worshiping some uh, <clears throat> person on this earth. You're worshiping a living God. You're not a, you're not a religionist. You've got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. These uh, ladies typify and illustrate 1 Corinthians 13 better than any people I know in the Bible. They were moved by love. The Bible says love is kind. And folks, the, the Bible uh, defines kindness as uh, uh, self-abandonment. These ladies got a great time before, great, uh, great uh, uh, while before sunrise, and they started a two-mile trek to uh, the tomb. And I don't know if they knew, they just wanted to finish it right. Maybe they didn't have confidence in those men. Say amen right there, ladies. And they wanted to do it right. They wanted to make sure that he had a respectful burial. And so they start on their journey, and they sacrifice themselves. They sacrifice money. Uh, they um, maybe didn't notice until uh, they got halfway there because love never calculates. And they took on their journey and said, wait a minute, how are we going to move the stone? Uh, when we get there, how are we going to move that big rock? And so they didn't think about that. They said, well, we'll find somebody. Maybe there'll be somebody there working in the garden or whatever. They hadn't, they hadn't, they hadn't. Uh, worked out the details, it was just their heart was working in them to be faithful, to be loyal, to love God, 
the sacrifice. It was selfless love. Folks, these little band of women saw him beat to a pulp beyond recognition. They saw him crucified, his beard ripped from his face, spittled in his mixed with blood, the crown of thorns. They saw all that. They saw him cruelly uh, uh, beat and brutalized and then put on a cross like a criminal. And folks, all hope probably was dissipated because they thought that he was going to be the liberator from the Roman Empire and their hearts was gripped with fear. But folks, thank God, their heart was gripped with not just faith and hope, thank you choir for that song, but was gripped with love. And here they come. These ladies just loving Jesus. A message of hope. Folks, a message of power is about to be displayed to them. They didn't know the angel was going to be there. And when they got to the tomb, the rock was rolled away. I believe the Roman soldiers were still passed out from the miracle because they were to guard that body. And folks, I want to say this. If the Roman Empire could have kept that body, listen to me now, don't, don't fall off. If the Roman soldiers could have kept that body, they could have said, hey, he is not alive, here he is. Folks, they couldn't keep that body in that tomb. Folks, I want to tell you something. The rock was not rolled away for us to, to for him to get out. He didn't need, he could go through walls. Amen. Folks, it was rolled away that we could look in. And when we looked in, thank God these ladies rushed with that move of love, that loyalty of love. And they, they heard a message. I want to give you that message in closing. I got 46 minutes. I'll be all right. No, no, we got a few minutes. I want you to look at verse 6. Verse 6, it says, And he said unto them, Who said? The angel said, Be not afraid. Amen? Boy, I tell you, the word of God's timely. You know, this is spook week. Amen? I mean, you can't turn on the TV without seeing somebody's getting their head cut off. I mean, that's real wholesome entertainment, isn't it? Amen? God help y'all all enamored by that stuff. You know, it's darkness all over the place. Amen? We're going to see who's the scariest. I like to scare people, but not around Halloween. Amen? I just scare people by look, showing up and looking at them. But I want you to know this, folks. We live in a world of fear. It's promoted fear. Nine billion dollars, missionary wives, are spent per year in the United States. Billion, not million, on one holiday called Halloween. They open up stores just for a month. They must make a lot of money. Looking weird, looking scary. <laughs> I'll never forget the first fellowship we had on Halloween. My, um, I dressed up as a state trooper, and um, I thought I was tough. Amen. I borrowed the organist, uh, state trooper out. He's in heaven now. But I, I felt a little uncomfortable when our secretary showed up as a witch. <laughs> then I really felt uncomfortable when a man showed up like a woman. Amen. That was before the time. Amen. I said, I don't think we're going to celebrate this anymore, praise God. I'm learning in this storefront church. It was a little uncomfortable. She was a sweet lady. She wasn't a witch. But anyway, fright. Be not afraid. Fear these ladies must have felt when seeing an angel. Because all through the Bible, when you saw an angel, you were a dead man. The angel came for judgment. The angel came to exact what God wanted him to exact. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I ought to find it quick because Brother uh, 
Andrew worked me over. He had me look up every verse, and I had to find it quick. Amen. But I, I, I enjoyed it. First Timothy chapter one verse seven, please. First Timothy one seven. I got to show you this verse. The Bible says in First Timothy one seven, or excuse me, Second Timothy one seven. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll get there in just a minute. It says, "For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and a sound mind." Amen? Now, folks, fear is, God doesn't give you fear, but God gives you peace. And I want to tell you something, he brings peace to your heart. Number one, he, he, the resurrection gives us peace, but he gives us peace when we're saved. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, would you turn there with me? We, we, we look up the word of God, amen? We follow the word of God. We're not palm readers, we're Bible readers. Look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. The Bible says, Wherefore, he's able also to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Folks, we have peace with God and the peace of God. And we have access by faith. So he gives us peace about salvation. Salvation means, friend, that he, we're saved, saved, saved. We're saved past tense from the penalty of sin. We're saved present tense from the power of sin. And we're saved one day, thank God, from the presence of sin when we die and go to heaven or the rapture takes place. Saved, saved, saved. That's peace. We have peace with God. We're justified, just if I'd never sinned. I don't understand all that, but I know that Jesus took my place at Calvary's cross. And he took my fear and he took my hell and he took my sin debt and he took what I could never pay we don't have a ladder behind the baptistry we have a cross because that cross is a statue of liberty for us that cross is where Jesus died one day it's a symbol pointing us back to the lamb of God that was slain for us and then we have peace with death look at John chapter 11 verse 25 John chapter 11. You know, we're the only people that are schizophrenic, Christian. We cry and smile at the same time. We cry because we miss our loved ones, but then we smile knowing they're in a far better place. There's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more goodbyes, no more old world to battle, no more sin, and thank God, no more Satan. Look at John chapter 11 real quick, verse 25. The Bible says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Thank God for that promise, amen. Look at verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this. Folks, I want to tell you something. I got peace about salvation. He ever liveth. As long as the head's above the water, the body's not going to drown. Say amen. I'm not going to lose it either. I have peace about death. Amen. I have peace because I know that Jesus Christ is my forerunner. And I'm in him. One day the passport to heaven is going to be the blood of Jesus. Are you saved? Then I have peace about eternity. Now folks, I want to tell you something. That outweighs everything. But you realize that God's got eternity in his hands. Peace. Be not a frightened was the message from the angel. 
Bible said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If not so, I told you, and I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Thomas looked at him and said, Lord, we know not whether I go as so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the tr truth, and the life. And no man come to the Father but by me. He's not a way. He's not a life. He's not a truth. He's the life. And he's the way. Folks, I'm narrow about that. I'm so narrow about that that a mosquito can land on my toe and kick both eyeballs out. I'm narrow. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I'm saying just this, is that I go by the book. And the Bible says he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. Amen? It's not a way. And then I think, folks, thank God. Thank God uh, I have peace about life itself. You know, the number one suicidal rate in America is for psychiatrists. They hear everybody else's problems all day long. Sit on this couch for $75 an hour. And uh, they hear all these problems, and they go home, and they have nobody to turn their problems over to, so they kill themselves. That's sad. Folks, I want to tell you something. I have a burden barrier. I have a problem solver. I have a, one that can carry the load when I can't carry it. And you know, there's an old wise tale about God will not put on you any more than you can bear. That is false. There's a lot of things you cannot bear. I know Granny told you that, but that is not true. There's a whole lot of things you can't handle. But there's nothing God cannot handle. His peace. I'm saying it was a message of peace. Peace, peace. Brother Andrew read this verse this morning teaching and I said, I'm going to read it again. John chapter 16, verse 33. I love this verse. You ever had a, such a bad year that you want to uh, uh, get a new verse for your year? Just take this verse. Amen. I had a year so bad one time. I, this was my life. This was my yearly verse. It says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. Amen. Now, first of all, you've got to hear the word of God. You gotta be around God's people to have peace. You gotta be in God's will to have peace. The Bible says in Colossians 3:15, let the peace of God rule in your heart. You know what that word rule means? Umpire. You're out. If you're out of the will of God, the first thing goes is peace. Peace. But it goes on to say, In this world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Folks, listen, you can't overcome this world. You can't overcome sadness. You can't under, overcome depression. You can't overcome uh, all this philosophy of there's no use of living. It's, it's killing our teenagers. Number two problem with teenagers is suicide. Number two killer of our teenagers is suicide. Isn't that sad? That's sad. I'll tell you what they need. They need the overcomer. They need Jesus. They need his word. In this world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus speaking. Then I see, second of all, it's a message of power. Let's go back to our text. Let's go back to our text. Don't you love the word of God? Say amen. amen. Mark chapter 16, verse 6. It says, you seek Jesus of Nazareth. He says, be not afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. 
Woo, I guarantee you, these ladies were so excited. Jesus, um, had Jesus never risen, men would have uh, never triumphed in the cross. This would not be a symbol of liberty and victory that was won at the cross. They would never have received forgiveness and peace at the cross. Had there been no Easter morning, Christ's death would have been just one more martyrdom and nothing more. And though he might have been the first and noblest martyr there was, men would have soon thought of looking to Socrates and maybe the hemlock cup for salvation as to the cross of Jesus. He was a martyr to truth and nothing besides then, folks, there would be no life. There would be no salvation. Let me just say what Easter is all about. It illuminates Good Friday. It's the empty grave that flings back glory to the cross. If Christ did not raise, no sacrifice has been offered, no atonement has been made, no redemption has been won, we would still be in our sins and there would be no hope. Thank you, choir, for that song. If the tomb was not empty and if Christ had not arose from the dead, we'd yet be in our sins. But he was raised for our justification. Romans chapter 4 verse 25. We believe he was delivered or died on the cross for our offenses or our trespasses, our sin. But he's raised for our justification. And folks, this announcement, he has risen, was the greatest news and message that these ladies could they came in love. They didn't know what they were going to find. But they found an angel. Matter of fact, the Bible elaborates there was two angels. One just didn't say anything. Didn't have a chance. <laughs> he said he is risen. Folks, I want to tell you what that was. That's the Father's amen for the Son's cry on Friday afternoon. It is That ought to bring a smile upon a Presbyterian's face. Say amen. It is finished. It didn't mean he was finished. It meant it is finished. What's finished, Brother Wayne? The work of Calvary. The blood was offered. Jesus, friend, wasn't the first man to get up from the dead. He had Lazarus, the widow of Nain, Jazra's daughter, Praise God, he was the first one that died no more. Amen. Others were kind of resuscitated in a sense. Praise God, he was resurrected. He lives. Because he was able to conquer death, all those who receive Jesus as their personal Savior are partakers of that same resurrection power. Let me say this real quick. Don't say you can't live the Christian life. Say you won't. And Folks, I can't live it in my flesh, I can't live it in my strength I can't live it in my willpower but praise God, he overcame death, hell and the grave and that same power is the power that abides in me it's the power of the resurrection thank God folks, we have the power that raised Jesus from the dead the Holy Spirit power God's power, and folks, we're more than conquerors, praise the Lord we're victorious Thank God we're going to heaven and thank God we ought to live like it. Amen. Amen.
Put a smile on your face. Even if your team lost yesterday, thank God you're going to heaven. Amen. Amen. I've been in the ICU unit so much lately. Uh, I walked in yesterday and I said, honey, the door's open. Act like you own the place. We almost got kicked out of there before I got halfway in there. I said, go to the waiting room, sir. I said, hey, I'm here to see somebody I haven't seen in a long time. I'm pastoring out of town. I said, I don't care. Go to the waiting room. I said, okay. Found out where, I found out my place real quick. Praise God. Went in there and there's a dear wife and a dear daughter that I, I, I performed her ceremony when she was just out of high school. First time I ever wore a robe in my life. Last time I'll ever wear a robe in my life at a, at a wedding. I look like a Q-tip. I don't know what I look like, but amen, I ain't wearing no robe again. Amen. And we was up in Ringo First Baptist Church, and I, I reminded her, I said, Julie, you remember that time I wore that robe at your wedding? I just want to notify you, I ain't never wore another one. Amen. I'm just going to wear a suit. She said, oh, I understand that, preacher. Thank you. But they were worried to death, but praise God, I'm going to tell you something, friend. In Christ, we're more than conquerors no matter what. We're victorious over death, hell, and the grave. We're, we're victorious because, friend, Greater is he that lives in you than lives in the world. There's a message from the... There's a message from the angel, peace. But there's another message, power. I'm not cocky, but I'm confident in the power that abides in me. That we can have victory over depression. Victory over sin. Victory over self, that's a big problem in it, victory over Satan, <laughs> amen, I'm saying friend, I don't think we're better off, better than anybody, but we sure are better off, we're saved, saved, and folks I want you to see the potential, I want you to see the potential in verse 6, not only the peace and the power, but I want you to see the potential, it says, he is not here, he is not here. After Jesus rose from the dead, he immediately disappeared. What was he up to? Well, life means you're busy. Life means you're active. And folks, I want you to know he was active. I believe he's the great high priest. I don't believe anybody should be calling themselves father on this heaven, the Bible on this earth. The Bible says that. Don't call no man father. You ex-Catholics and say amen right there. Don't call them Father. They don't deserve your worship. And they sure can't forgive sin. Say amen. There's only one that can forgive sin. And he's on the right hand of God. And I believe, friend, that he's the high He's the high priest. And you know, friend, I believe that after he rose from the dead, I believe he went to the throne and offered the blood upon the mercy seat of heaven and said, Father, it is finished. Thank God he went back down and appeared to over 500 people. That's a pretty good number of witnesses. Forty days walked among people. <laughs> then he ascended permanently. He's on the right hand of God. I want to tell you what he's doing right now. Hebrews 7.25 is already read. He's actively interceding for you. He's praying for you. John 17 is a high priestly prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not Luke 11, Matthew 6. That's the disciples' prayer. Jesus never had to pray, uh, forgive me of my sins, because he never sinned. That's not the Lord's Prayer. That's the disciples' prayer. Praise God. You go to John chapter 17, you'll see the Lord's Prayer. 
He's praying for you to have unity and peace and joy. Folks, sometimes when I get down and sometimes when I just want to give up, and you probably think I never do because I'm so happy here, but sometimes I'm smiling by faith. If you don't need my frown, you need my smile. I just think about who's praying for me. I think about who's praying for me. I told Brother James up in ICU, held his hand, Brother Lamar, and I said, Brother Lamar Jenkins is praying for you. Miss Roselle worked with him for 26 years as a nurse at Aladdin. And they all smiled and said, well, I'm glad you got a hold of him. Good reputation that when you have somebody you want praying for you. I said, if I ever get down, I want Brother Lamar praying for me. I want several of you praying for me too. Matter of fact, I want the whole church praying for me. Please pray for me. But I want to tell you something, friend. There's nobody like he praying for you. He's praying for you. Folks, we're more than conquerors. The Bible says he's watching over us. Hebrews 4.13 says he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's on, the, he's, on, he's on the throne of grace, not the throne of God. He's on the throne of grace, Hebrews 4.15. And so, folks, when Peter, excuse me, when Stephen was being stoned and he was about to lose his life, he looked up and saw Jesus standing up. And then he said, Stephen did, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, we can have peace over bitterness. We can have power over ourself. We can have power over, over our our uh, grudges because we don't hold a grudge a grudge holds you say amen and then last but not least I see fourthly the promise I see a message from the angel of peace I see a, a message from the angel of, of power but I see one of potential he's not here you know why he's not here he's busy interceding for you he's actively he's even preparing you a mansion in heaven don't you give me those little weak watered down Bible says I got an apartment in heaven I lived in an apartment a lot of years I ain't looking for no apartments out hallelujah no offense for you that live in one reach the whole complex but folks I got a mansion a mansion a mansion but folks if it wasn't a mansion just to have Jesus would be enough but here's the promise here it is look at the verse just one verse this morning aren't you glad he said to them, Be not frightened, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. They were there, they know it. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they have laid him. Folks, and he says, And go your way, tell the disciples and Peter that he goeth before you. And there shall ye see him. There's the last part of the message tonight, this morning. And ye shall see him. What a promise. And folks, I want to tell you something. Just a few verses down, you'll see that Mary Magdalene runs right into him. She thinks he's the gardener. She's weeping and crying. She said, they've crucified my Lord. And he said, Mary. And she says, Rabboni, Master. And she wanted to touch him and hug him. She said, don't touch me. Because see, he hadn't went to the heaven yet and presented the blood. But he had a high priestly position. Folks, I want you to know he was saying an encouragement, encouraging word. You will see him. You'll see him. Tuesday afternoon, I was at a funeral of a great man of God, Dr. Dan Reed. 
This morning I feel like I've lost a prayer partner because he always would text me on Sunday morning saying, Brother Wayne, I'm praying for you. And that gives me so much hope. It gives me so much confidence that a great man of God that, that could not get out of his bed or could not get out of his wheelchair, but praise God, he could, he could reach heaven for me and was mentioning my name in prayer. His wife texts me this morning and says, he often prayed for you, and he, I know he sent texts, and she, she talked to a bunch of preachers, and he said, she said, just keep on preaching that somebody else is praying for you. Folks, listen, I'm going to see him again. I'm going to see the Lord again. Folks, we ought to not be weary, and we, not, we should not be uh, giving up spiritually. We ought to be lifting our eyes up from whence cometh our help, and we ought to be excited and energetic more than ever before and be a brilliant testimony that he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And folks, all the signs of the time have been fulfilled. Let me beg you to wake up and look up for your redemption draweth nigh. He's coming. Time's running out. There's an urgency to wake up. There's an urgency to get the gospel out. And they ran from the tomb. When Mary Magdalene faced him, the one that had seven demons casted out of her, she did exactly what he said do, to go tell him named Peter. The reason he named Peter specifically, because Peter was probably saying, oh no, I've denied him. I've let him down. He won't want to see me. And Jesus in his love said, go tell the disciples and Peter that I'll meet them in Galilee. What a meeting that was. Folks, listen. The rapture is going to take place on earth. The dead in Christ will rise first. That's their old tabernacle, their body. They'll meet their soul in the air. That's them. That's, that's our personality. That's the real person. And then we, which are alive and remain, <laughs> will be caught up to be with the Lord. Why? Because he was caught up from the grave. He rose up from the grave. He's the first fruit of the rapture. Say amen. And we're the second fruits. And praise the Lord, I'm telling you, we're going up because he's going up. And we're alive because he's alive. And one day if you're in that grave up there, you're going to rise up and be a testimony to a lost and doubting and dying world that I'm alive. I'm alive. Folks, thank God we just serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today, but thank God He's in your heart today and there ought to be encouragement, there ought to be strength, there ought to be hope, there ought to be happiness, there ought to be joy, there ought to be peace, there ought to be power, and you ought to see the potential. And thank God you ought to claim the promise. He is coming again. Father, use this message for your glory and thank you, God, for this the simple message of these angels that we could just outline this morning and rejoice in the risen Lord. Lord, the resurrection is the receipt that Calvary was the accepted payment. The resurrection is the proof positive evidence and the amen of what you said when you cried out in victory. It is Lord, I'm glad that we don't have to keep the law, be religious, 
and do this and do that to be saved. But dear God, if we are saved, we ought to be like those dear women that sacrificed, that eagerly got up early, that made the trip to the tomb and risked their lives of possibly being crucified to honor their Savior and their Lord. God may love constrain us and may our faith sustain us as we believe in our heart that you're alive. You're alive. Dear God, we're going to be caught up to be with you very soon. We're going to be reunited with our loved ones. We're going to be reunited with you. And it's going to be a wonderful place of glory and grace. No more woe, no more depression, no more sadness, no more sickness, no more pain, no more hospitals. Oh, Lord, it's going to be wonderful. No more sin, no more Satan, and no more self to deal with. God, it's going to be ultimate. It's going to be a crescendo of life. To wake up and step on shore and find it heaven. Touching a hand and finding it the Lord. Lord, thank you for the prospect. Thank you for the victory that was won at Calvary over death. Thank you, dear God, for the power of the resurrection in our souls to live the ultimate abundant life that you promised. With every head bowed and every eye closed, have me say, preacher, this morning, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I'm saved by the death, the burial, and the resurrection that I received at a specific time in my life. It just didn't happen. You didn't go through a class or just join a church. But you met the Savior as a sinner. And you asked Him to come in your life and save you. And you believed in the death, the burial, and the resurrection, which is the gospel know you're saved. How many know that for sure? Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that? All over this auditorium. How many glad you saved? Say amen. amen. Thank God I'll never forget the day. My preacher preached on hell and I got saved on a Sunday night. Several cannot raise your hand. I will not embarrass you. I promise you that. And rest assured I don't do that here. But I want to do the most I could ever do for you. I want to pray for you. You'd say preacher not sure. I want to be honest. If you've ever been honest about anything, you better be honest about this. Because this is a matter of life or death, hell or heaven, eternity with Christ or eternity in the darkness of separation from Christ. And you say, preacher, I'm not sure. Just not sure. But I want to be sure and I want you to pray for me. But I will be sure. I want to be saved. Would you raise your hand as a prayer request this morning. I'll not come to you. I want to do the most I can ever do for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone? Slip it up then back down. God bless you ma'am. I see that hand. Anybody else? Slip your hand up and say preacher I'm just not 
not absolutely 100% sure, please pray for me. Anyone else? Anyone else? I'll wait just a moment longer. We rush a lot of things around here, but we don't rush invitations. It's the most important part of the service. Anyone else? You're not sure. You're not sure. You better make sure. And I want to tell you something. My surety is in Christ's death, burial, and thanks be to God, resurrection. <laughs> Amen. The tomb is empty. Anyone else? Let me say, preacher, I'm a Christian. But um, the devil, self, this world is getting me down. And I, I'm tired of it. I don't want to be a victim of circumstances, things that's breaking my heart. I, I just need victory. I need peace. I need power. I need some hope. And I believe it's in Christ. I want you to pray for me that I'd live the victorious Christian life. That means one of peace, but also one of power. That means you overcome sin, Satan, and self. You say, preacher, please pray for me when we close in prayer. I want total victory. I want to be a witness in these last days that he's alive. That's your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer all over this place? i got to raise mine. I'll raise both of them. I need help be a witness in these last days all over this place anybody else real quick I want you to be completely honest the devil's been getting you down sin's been getting you down self's been getting you down sometimes we're our own worst enemies amen and you'd say preacher I just want victory and I want you to pray for me humbly you'd raise your hand and say preacher please I want victory anybody else anybody else several need to raise their hand Tammy would say, Preacher, I have someone that's lost in my family. I have someone that I love very much. But I don't believe they're saved. They have no interest, no fruit of the Spirit. They don't have no interest in things of God. And as far as I know, they're lost. And I have a burden for them. And I want my life to be a proof positive evidence of the aliveness of God. Proof positive evidence of the aliveness of God. I want to be a witness. I want you to pray for me that I can win them to the Lord through my testimony in life. Would you raise your hand on their behalf all over this place? Thank you. Thank you for being concerned about your loved one. And I want to tell you something. You can whet their appetite by your faithfulness. That's right. By your love, by your priority, by even your joy in the midst of sorrow. You can win them. Father, Thank you for the way that you spoke to my heart this morning. I appreciate it. I need this message as much as anybody I'm preaching to. God, I want more hope, more peace, more power. And I want to see the potential in my life again as your disciple. Oh, how Mary Magdalene was excited about taking the message of the resurrection. May we be excited. May we be faithful. May we pay the price. May we give our lives up because you gave your life up for us. May we live for you because you live for us. May we tell those that's never heard the, the gospel before it's too late. God, use these folks that raise their hand to be a brilliant testimony that you're alive. We'll thank you in Jesus' name.